Hello there, and welcome to the Ghost Squad podcast. Um, I'm James, I'm your host, and I'm joined today by my good friend Rory from We Delight. Hi, Rory. Good morning, James. How are you doing? Yeah, doing very well, thank Surely you. good. You are the first uh, person to ever be outside the company on the Ghost Squad podcast. Like, you're the first external uh, <laughs> guest. Yeah, guest. Yeah, you're a guest. Quite the privilege. Yeah, an honour. <laughs> um, so, Rory, do you want to maybe tell us a bit about yourself and how you ended up running We Delight? Yeah, so it's kind of like a long version and a short version. I think the long version was I started this company about four years ago, so dropped out of Durham University at the time. That's guaranteed. That's guaranteed success, right? Dropping out of university. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then you raise money, then, oh, that's uh, <laughs> on your way. <laughs> then, then you meet Peter Thiel and uh, have... And then you launch uh, a product. Yeah. <laughs> and then things start not quite coming together. So it was a bit of a flop initially, but came back, kept plugging um, for about two years, iterated around quite a long time. So the master of pivoting, but whatever. So eventually got to where we are now, which is helping companies engage their customers with physical rewards so we launched that in sort of march last year and i've just been you know mixing it around with like the messaging of it and that's been made such a difference because the product's been pretty similar mm. since day one it's just taken like nine months to kind of perfect the messaging for it yeah i guess people don't yeah everyone just thinks like start a company get get to build the product product works get it sold like and it feels like you hear all these success stories where it just seems like it's so quick but it can take can take so long to figure things out it's like that initial phase when you're, you're just trying to get it out in front of people yeah you hear these stories of you know dropbox putting like a viral video out and they've got a hundred thousand signups <laughs> or you know there's tons of examples like that that can set your expectations in the wrong place and you right. think you're failing where actually it might be a trickle but if they're paying customers that's almost yeah yeah, it's yeah, decent yeah. validation in itself. And that, yeah, it, it's not a failure. It's just success takes a lot longer than a lot of people yeah, that's expect. That's what right? I tell myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell yourself a night, yeah, <laughs> crying into a pillow. Um, uh, so I, I guess just to, to rewind a little bit, um, physical rewards, what does that mean? So where companies might send digital gift cards like and an Amazon voucher and stuff like that right, yeah. we've kind of taken that avenue and said well actually that's a massive missed opportunity to kind of show off your brand personality and actually break through like the digital barrier physically so mm -hmm. sending you know a box of brownies with a little note or some branded cupcakes or merchandise and all these other items that kind of build a more kind of genuine relationship particularly these days in SaaS where whenever you're selling it's very faceless so sure. How do you actually yeah. create a, you know, go through that barrier? I guess. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, obviously, we've uh, been the receivers of a few We Delight uh, products in the past, and uh, yeah, there's something, there's something quite, I don't know, for want of a better word, like magical about getting a, I mean, one on the one side, like being able to send something just digitally, but for a physical thing to actually turn up on your customer or potential customer's doorstep, and um, like for for us um yeah re receiving those physical products like even regardless of like we delight just whenever companies send something physical it always does create some sort of stir in the office like there's some sort of attention compared to just someone personally receiving like a 10 pound amazon gift voucher you know if if you get a it's more like of, a connection in it yeah and it, it creates a bit of excitement a bit of buzz and it it always has some sort of uh positive outcome i think from what i've seen so far 
Everyone loves chocolates. Yes. <laughs> there's a bit of a balance around, you know, you go to conferences and people are throwing around T-shirts. Mm. And there's that, and that's like the far end of just kind of, I think by that stage you've you've kind of lost that connection because it's so ubiquitous. Right, I think yeah. if you can put it into your kind of customer journeys based on certain events that might not be everyday events like customer milestones or a really long onboarding call you just want to thank them for. Right, yeah. That actually it can really stand out. So it doesn't become something they expect. It's just like a nice kind of surprise and delight moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. It, to kind of show off yeah, the, the, the surprise part is... Um, yeah, like like not expecting it. It, yeah. I think there's almost a danger these days of almost the customer expecting so much, and uh, I, I think you know, like I guess you could get onto incentives in a bit, but um, you know, just trying to incentivize real, like real, honest, true behavior, and um, you know, I think it, it can actually lead you down a dangerous track if you push people to do stuff just for that reward. You know, if mm. if if people are you know, doing X, Y, Z in the product just because they want that box of chocolates. Like, does that lead to long-term, you know, customer success? There's this bit around sort of, you know, selling a reward very, like, transactionally, which is, hey, can you leave me a trust partner of you? Here's a reward. Right. And I think that's borderline. (laughs) People are going to only do it because they're responding to that reward. Yeah, borderline bribery. Yeah. (laughs) 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 They're going to be conscious of the 2010 Bribery Act, of course. (laughs) But it's more about finding events that are more maybe unique to that customer or something based on what you know about them. Like if, mm. if you're an account manager and you know that person's gone away on maternity, paternity leave, it's a nice right. opportunity to send something. Yeah, sure, sure. Where in the past, that might have been a massive effort to do that and then you wouldn't have done it or you would have done it yeah. very sporadically. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so, so much of what you're doing with We Delight is about, you know, reducing the effort of sending those rewards Um and sort of adding a bit of a personal touch there, right? Exactly. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, and also, like, just to clarify, you got some... I mean, you, you're talking about, you know, haven't been going that long, but you got some cool customers on board already. Like, God, I know you've been talking to Typeform a lot. And, yeah, so Typeform's yeah. a cool one where... So I started using rewards in our sales outbound really early on. So we'd put, like, a really nice kind of catchy subject line dot 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 beers for your thoughts <laughs> and that's sort of beer emoji at the end as well so the open rate was super high oh the emojis that's that's what oh yeah that's yeah. that's the key guaranteed one, open, open and then in the email i'd be like you know hey i love what you're doing related to some like marketing that they just sent we'd love to organize a quick like feedback call here's a case of beers can i, can I stop that for your time and we'd type from when i got through to david apple and he replied pretty immediately redeem the beers and we got those sent to him and we got, did it within sort of half an hour. Like quite a few of our rewards work like that. And he replied saying, hey, Rory, I'm sipping on one of your beers. <laughs> and I'm introducing Amazing. you to Christina <laughs> and a couple of other of their team. And that was really good. Cool. It was that moment I was like, God, there's quite a few cool ways just to kind of break through and mix up, particularly from a sales point of view as well. Just just do something different. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, you know, we talk to a lot of salespeople every day and um everyone's struggling to cut through that noise and you know no one wants no one wants shoddy outbound impersonal emails hitting their inbox every day and um the finding ways to stand out is insanely hard like it's incredibly difficult and i think everyone seems to struggle with it and um i think with with this sort of mentality though it's actually you know you you don't feel like you're being treated as one in a million when you receive an email offering you some sort of reward and i think it it from the offset builds this much more personal 
connection and and feels like you're being you're being valued you know and uh, i think it's just it's not only a good way of cutting through the noise but i think it's it feels like so much of a, a better way of um starting that relationship you know I, I, it often amazes me that like outbound relationships start with like a cold email and hassle 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 <laughs> but if it can start with some sort of reward and some sort of actual physical gift it starts on a totally different note um and i just think that's it's pretty cool <laughs> kind of links into as well the kind of the outbound style that you're doing like if you're going after enterprise you can afford to be a lot more personalized in those emails but if it's on a more you know medium term you know your classic kind of SaaS play you're mm. sending out a massive amount of kind of sequences every week mm. and so is everyone else like getting a load of these each week how do you kind of how do you stand out in that yeah 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 absolutely um so uh i guess like that kind of actually takes us on to sort of another topic that i wanted to talk to you about a bit which is like the different i guess a lot of what we've been talking about so far is more enterprise level outbound and and that side of things but i guess well your your service and certainly a lot of the experience we have at go squared is with the more self-service end and more like dealing with small medium businesses earlier stage companies I guess like it'd be good to maybe talk a bit about like the differences between self-service and enterprise and like the different challenges at, at both ends of that in terms of especially um, taking someone from being a essentially a lead into a an activated like, successful customer and uh, that journey <coughs> there's a lot of similarities between self-service and enterprise there but there's also quite a few differences and I guess there's different tactics and strategies to to do both um i don't know like uh in terms of the enterprise side of things i know you've talked a lot about sort of having an onboarding plan and and how you can use um well use physical rewards especially to incentivize people through that maybe be good to like talk a bit about that if you if you like of course i think there's the big difference between enterprise and self-service is that kind of onboarding implementation phase Mm. with enterprise you know that could be anywhere from a month to kind of nine months depending how complex that integration is whereas with self-service people are coming in they're just helping themselves so with the, with the implementation thing there's more to be done around right are they staying engaged throughout that lengthy implementation right, are they yeah. attending webinars <clears throat> is the key account holder actually coming along or is it just <laughs> some of the end users who aren't really the decision maker at the end right of the day? Yeah, yeah yeah so trying to get them to follow that kind of successful customer profile that you want yeah based around certain feature usage or activity is this a new buzzword account-based onboarding is this i like that (laughs) is that a whole new industry account-based sales i think yeah if it feels like yeah i mean we can get into buzzwords a bit but (laughs) account-based seems to be a a very nice branding term to apply to a lot of things a lot of people have been doing already but uh but yeah that that sounds very logical i guess it's something you have to be especially careful with the higher up the enterprise ladder you go right um, particularly about retaining those relationships so if you have for example the way we sell is we'll, we'll sell in with one sort of key person and then once they're on board we'll then kind of open it up to the rest of their team but we won't necessarily have relationships with the rest of that team from day one right yeah. but if that key person leaves then you know the whole i guess contract use of our product is kind of up in the air to some mm. extent so it's working out how do you build rapport with other key customers in that yeah, and yeah. I think the equivalent for self, more self-service orientated, is you've got you know relatively large customers signing up, paying you a couple of hundred dollars a month mm-hmm. that you've never spoken to. Yeah, yeah. How do you how do you build rapport? How do you get a relationship going there? Yeah, and actually not just become a 
another tool that they're using. Yeah, ex- exactly. That I think that is definitely one of the challenges with self-service because you you often you often dealing with fewer people, so that aspect of things is a bit easier. You often, especially with small business, the person buying is often the person using the the product. Um, but yeah, inherently you're you're dealing with so many more customers that you just you can't personally attend to each and every single one, and so finding ways that you can do that in an effective way but at scale is actually incredibly hard because a lot of the scalable solutions for talking to to customers uh or or like engaging with them are just so impersonal and um fail to work right like because who wants a dear first name hi i love (laughs) i love what you're doing at company name like it's so templated and so obvious and people know that right people are intelligent enough to figure out how this stuff works and um figuring out sort of in like inventive ways of of actually engaging at a bit of a bit of scale is i think a a really big challenge at the moment um for a lot of for a lot of companies selling to smbs um and yeah i i guess that was one of the things that like i've been talking to you a lot in the past about like ways you can use sort of the physical reward side of things to do that in an effective way and i i think that the skepticism often is like is the like price point like you know if we're sending out actual um you know an actual physical thing in the post uh and the contract value is too low like does that make sense um i don't know i, I don't know what your thoughts are on on any of that rory uh, it might be a <laughs> bit of a, no, it's a good one though. we get covered a pushback on yeah that. particularly like you say when you're trying to scale up those efforts it then feels less personal because if everyone's getting brownies then right what's the point <laughs> so i think it's trying to find that balance between it feeling relevant and contextual to the event you're rewarding interesting yeah so the timing is is the timing's key yeah. but yeah. i think you know if you look to automate something like that you might take a more extreme example and say right it's day 10 of a 14 day trial mm. they've not integrated this feature or they've not invited any teammates mm. we know that if they do that they're going to see value and they're more likely to stay sure. therefore you can afford a slightly higher value gift if it's earlier on in the cycle around like a, oh you know welcome to our product then you know there's no point spending as much sure but the interesting thing with i think any incentives any rewards is so much is just the gesture the gesture of giving anything regardless of the actual end value interesting yeah, yeah. So, so the the actual value of the item is is less important, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's the the fact I mean, the folly. Actually... You know, you can go and champagne if you want, but actually, <laughs> you know, a case of beers that the whole team can enjoy is going to go down pretty nice as well. Yeah, I think that'd go down pretty well at Casebird <laughs> anyway. Um, no, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I guess at the end of the day, people do feel like they're receiving they're receiving something of value when they get a physical reward versus and particularly, I think in sort of opposite to say giving like a product discount particularly with larger companies where the account user doesn't really care if their company gets a 10% discount what are they getting out of it right yeah 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 so yeah. showing that kind of value as well and taking it out of brand there's like a slightly higher perceived value of that mm. like interaction mm. yeah no that actually that so that sparks some like thought in my head like I guess what what are some of the most like inventive ways you've seen people using physical rewards so we talked a lot about that activation piece um i guess there's also like incentivizing referral as well and things like that like i don't know any other kind of use cases you referral is really interesting kind of mixing it up from your standard kind of amazon voucher right because there is this kind of idea that you know if you're offering an ipad and you know people 
not everyone's going to win the iPad. <laughs> There's a high perceived link that people think they're going to win it if it's a slightly slow, lower value. There's an oh, article I read with like cupcakes versus an iPad for a referral incentive <laughs> and the cupcake far outperformed. Oh, wow. I don't know if that's people's just... Yeah. You know, they're hungry on the day. So as in, you you have the opportunity of winning an iPad versus definitely getting cupcakes? or No, I think it was basically refer a friend and you could win one of these prizes. Right, right. And people perceived that they were more likely to win if it was cupcakes because... I don't know how psychology works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to clarify, neither of us are trained psychologists. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, in, that's interesting, though. Yeah, that I can see the logic there, though. Like, it feels more within reach that mm. you would you would get that. So, okay, so you've seen seen people using the physical rewards to incentivize referrals. So referrals so. for sure. And then yeah. outside that, which has been quite interesting, is around feedback, incentivizing feedback. So it's so, less. Yeah. you know hey can you leave us an NPS score because that's quite public it's more as a product or a marketing team hey we actually just mm. want some genuine feedback can we have a right. 15 minute call we'll give you something for that or right, can you yeah. fill in the survey we'll give you something for that interesting and and do you do you see the the effectiveness is is substantially higher than with a reward versus versus a monetary like reward you know so you know I, you know I'd I, do a bunch of surveys and user tests and stuff for people every now and again you get a amazon gift card or whatever but um i would imagine the the feeling receiving that that physical reward is is like far outweighs the 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 value of of the gift card yeah and it's more the experience <clears throat> that you're giving during that phase as well like a gift card is it's very third party it doesn't really feel like it identifies with your brand mm. but if you're sending uh what's a good example like cupcakes with your brand on or there's all there's more niche stuff we do that's very kind of relevant to that brand or very kind of bespoke right, yeah. like I had a conversation with Bonjuro this morning and you know when 500 when customers send out 500 Bonjuros they get a bear suit because that, that's like their, they get a their bear. mascot <laughs> so there's other stuff like that's that amazing. that you can link in and really show off that brand personality right yeah yeah that's that's great <laughs> I love what they're doing <laughs> um so okay cool um so we talked a lot about a lot about we talked a bit about self-service and enterprise we talked about encouraging activation we talked about referral i guess there's um maybe some people listening to this thinking about doing physical rewards but have customers all over the world like how do you deal with that challenge of um you know we've got a customer in the u.s we've got a customer in france we've got a customer in australia like that's I think one of the biggest frustrations that people have when thinking about uh, sending anything that's not digital to their customers, um, especially if they're, you know, any kind of international business. So, so you, I guess you see that quite a lot and figure out ways of dealing with that, right? Ron? Yeah, we do see that quite a lot. <laughs> Particularly, I mean, we've been targeting a lot of SaaS companies where traditionally they've got, you know, one office, but their customers are spread all over the world. Yeah. And that's hence why they've turned to digital stuff in the past. And they've yeah. done a bit of physical, but it's it's more of an effort sending it internationally. So this is where a lot of our value is. Like we've sent rewards to Pakistan, we sent them to Bolivia, Australia, kind of yeah. wherever. Um, Have you got a map on the office of every? I do actually. Yeah, you send <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, we've got this. Um, just one of the sort of snippets we get whenever you send a reward. We can have the location and we can see where where they've been sent. It's predominantly in the US, but that's just yeah. more 
the customer profile we've been targeting, most of their customers are US or Europe based. SaaS central, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool. Um, so I guess that I guess there's still a bit more I'd love to to dive into on the on the onboarding and activation side because that's like that's an area pretty close to my heart. You know, I, at Go Squared, we're always kind of obsessing over that onboarding funnel and. I think it's it's very easy to sort of focus on the product itself and the, you know, okay, we have the join form, we have these steps that you go through in the first run, kind of first flow uh, into so the product. So many variables when you and then, it together. Yeah, and then you get into the product and what does that look like? And I think a lot of um, a lot of product people I speak to, they they fo- focus all of their onboarding efforts on that. They focus on the screens and the interface that you go through there, but the it's very easy to forget about the stuff that is not that that is still the customer experience um and still if not as if it often as influential if not more influential than those screens is actually the stuff that happens outside of the the interface which is the emails you send the and and other ideas like sending physical rewards so i guess it's it's just interesting thinking about how you can use them in in a in an onboarding flow to to incentivize people through those hoops and um it's something we've not figured out yet but you know we've been trying to figure out you know taking inspiration from other people out there i, re- I remember like um new relic had a, a like they for ages like had this massive ad campaign where it's like sign up to new relic and activate and we'll send you a t-shirt and they had these cool funky t-shirts they're all geeky and people wear them all the time to like geeky tag conferences it's great um and you know they did some cool stuff there and i know i think uh who else yeah uh, definitely others have done that i'm struggling to think of uh, other examples welcome at the packs are quite popular right yeah yeah i think what's interesting with with the onboarding is there's so many different variables whether yeah, that's the sure. sequence of emails they get or you know, the, what you're tracking in terms of what looks like a successful customer, mm. and then obviously you're going to be focused more depending on which like where the more valuable segment is, yeah, and what's like what you're going to accept is like a relative churn, yeah, because there's going to be a certain part you're going to write off because that's that happens, yeah, but it's thinking what what are those churnable events? Is it because they're not integrating a certain feature? Sure. Okay. Well, how can you how can you break through and actually get hold of them? How could you, for example? Get a converse, get their developer on the phone. Mm. Get five minutes of their time to actually integrate that feature. Right, right. Actually, almost like quite, trying to like quite aggressively get them to value really yeah. quickly. Yeah, I mean, we we know we have activation problems as well, where a customer will sign up, they'll top up their account, and they won't send anything for a while. Sure. And it's trying to get them through the habit, creating that habit. Yeah, getting into that workflow, right? Getting your tool into their workflow and their process. Yeah. yeah. So. Like, have the, have you seen any sort of commonality between people using like using We Delight in this scenario? Like, is there, you know, I, I mean, it's always so hard to make generalizations, but is there any? Is are there any generalizations here? Like, you know, is it better to send something like earlier on in the trial, and that that builds the relationship earlier on? Is or is that too expensive? And sending it later on is actually once once people have got through some number of hoops and they need to get through a final one like any any sort of takeaways from any of that i think it's about creating like a multi-touch approach so for example we Ooh, use bonjuro that sounds pretty <laughs> fancy which are these like selfie videos so that'll be our first when we on board obviously i'll send this video 
of me welcoming them. Oh, nice. Which can be quite cringy, like, to begin with, but then you kind of, you get past that. But it's a nice way to, because you talk about that, you talk about them, you talk about their names, so they very much know that it's personalized to them. Mm. So that that's really cool as a first touch point, and that's relatively scalable. But it's the what next one beyond that, which I think you can kind of trigger based on how they're doing in terms of using that customer. Sure. Because equally, you want to try and avoid having this sort of approach where everyone's getting the same interaction because right. then they come to expect it. Right, yeah. Which is challenging. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What, you know, what, from your point of view, James, what do you find as like an activation sort of challenge? We, so <clears throat> for, for Go Squared, one of the critical, the critical step people need to do to get any value is to get their JavaScript snippet like installed on their site. And so that's like number one priority. Um, and for a long time, like that was pretty much all we cared about because you know if you don't do that like you can't put out the go squared assistant you can't use our live chat part of the product you can't use analytics you can't get any of the stuff we do we sell you as part of our, our pitch you know we can't get any of that value so we we obsessed over that and we still do obsess over that but i think it was only after a while that we realized that was sort of step one of a multi-step process and um, you know, increasingly, it's so important to ensure people are actually, as you were saying, like building it into a workflow, ensuring that it's not just one person on on the team that's using it in a silo. Ensuring that you know they they've connected it to various integrations, like like with Slack, or you know they might be using something like Salesforce, and making sure they've like built it into a process, and making sure that like we understand their sort of the job they're trying to do with go squared and um that they understand that too you know um it's actually amazing how much education needs to be done on on some customers to just ensure they like they get the value that they can out of the product um it's also beyond that first month like it's not just during the onboarding phase yeah when they have paid okay great they've seen some kind of value totally yeah in that you know you're equally gonna have churn off that sort of first month when they realize they've fallen into that first subscription bill yeah and then it's how do you get them to value in that? What what different features should they be using? What does success look like in month two? Exactly, yeah. It's so, yeah, that's actually a really good point. It's so easy to just think, right, they're a customer, great, them done, and sorted. Done. <laughs> just make sure their their card doesn't expire. But, um, you know, like, that's just the start of the journey, you know, once they've, they've put their card in and uh, and upgraded, you know, it's it's critical to make them feel... Because everyone puts so much effort in that that trial phase, activating and getting them to become a customer. As if the goal is right, like, get their credit card. Yeah, that, and then that's done. But like, the whole point of SaaS is you don't keep them around for one month. You keep them around for as long as you possibly can and add value over time. And um, so, so that's another area which we've been putting a lot of work into. You know, making sure there are check ins like at regular intervals after someone someone does choose to upgrade. Um, and making sure that like they're just being educated because they they almost certainly don't know 100% of the product or platform inside out the moment they upgrade like they still need to be educated and um so just figuring out ways of doing that and um it and, kind yeah. of falls straight into kind of customer success doesn't it 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 kind of does and that yeah. blur line of where that really starts i mean you talk to sort of Dan Stein at Gainstein it's very much like it starts at the sale right yeah yeah but in terms like internally where do you start treating that yeah, I I think it, you know, customer success, in my opinion, starts from like from day one, you know, of the trial because, you know, at, at the heart of it, like customer success, you are trying to make this customer successful 
they've not signed up for your product because they just want to sign up for a SaaS product. <laughs> they signed up because they need to get something done. And in theory, your product should help them be successful at doing that. So it does start from day one. But I think, yeah, in that trial phase, it's like the priority is is activation and the priority is upgrading. And then beyond that, it's it's a lot clearer that the priority now is just is focus on success, focus on re- retention. And, and there's also me. where I think enterprise and <clears throat> self-service kind of differentiate with enterprise you can afford to put together like a success plan that's right yeah 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 you could put them onto an annualized billing and then there's a very different approach yeah yeah so with with self-service you're fighting every month yeah um yeah hopefully not so much fighting but uh, you know yeah uh, adding value educating every single month but uh but yeah it it they are very different strategies and um yeah while you would love to do a custom onboarding and implementation and success perhaps you can there, there's a way of but doing that yeah exactly it's just thinking about it in a in a different way and um i i think often like finding again it like depending on how many customers you have it's about finding the common pain points and the common pitfalls that customers go through and and if people do churn like taking every churn as a an opportunity to learn and, and figure out where that went wrong where where did they drop off what what happened there to cause them to perceive a loss in value or or not get it um and just i i think that's one of the nice things about uh smb and and small business is like you you get a lot more sort of opportunity to test and experiment and learn on a very quick um rapid cycle whereas i think you know like sort of things like enterprise annual billing cycles are are great in many ways for for cash flow and things like that but then the the downside i guess is a is unarguably especially with dealing with companies of a larger size just a slower learning cycle like everything's just a bit more drawn out so there's fewer opportunities to to test in and iterate and learn um and so yeah i guess pros and cons of course yeah um i sense we are almost at our half hour mark rory (laughs) i feel like that's uh flown by but i guess one one of the things i'd love to to finish on and try and uh, learn as much as we can from our fellow uh, guests of which you are the first on the show any any advice you've been given along the way Rory that, that you'd like to share with our listeners I come from really like a almost like a sales and marketing kind of background so it's less about you know onboarding best practices sure. so I think it's just focusing particularly small companies just focusing on sales mm-hmm. sales solves everything whether that's you know, if you're looking to raise investment it mm. validates everything you're doing it builds a better stronger story and it means you're building a profitable business yeah you're not getting too distracted too early on by fundraising which i think there's this kind of dogma there at the moment where you need to raise and that's kind of you're only successful right if you raise yeah and that's validation of your success when it should be about underlying sort of mrr and yeah actual revenue growth and (laughs) real business yeah real business indeed that's fantastic well Thank you very much, Rory. Uh, it's been a you. pleasure having you on the show. If people want to find out more about you, they can go to we-delight.com or just Google We Delight. We Delight. Check us out. Awesome. Thank you very much, Rory. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Um, hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, we've got plenty more lined up for you. Um, if you if you've enjoyed the show, we'd love um, it if you can leave us a rating on whatever podcast player 
uh, of you like a positive rating at that ideally would be great because it'd help more people <laughs> find the show um, thanks very much if you if you do have any uh, any questions or any topics you'd like us to cover um, you can email us at hello at gosquared.com we'll, one of us will get back to you and um, and yeah thanks for, for listening again and uh, we'll see you next time cheers <laughs>